You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. So uh, this being the uh, season of Lent and uh, in this uh, series that we've been doing, uh, looking at cherry pick scripture, um, we would be doing this series a disservice if we did not plan to do the particular scripture that we have planned for you today. Um, This is one that you find uh, this time of year as it comes close to the graduation seasons and and all the other seasons that that come about with this. And uh, I don't know about you, but Zach, I know that I've preached a couple of sermons on this. Actually, one of the first sermons I ever gave was using this uh, scripture. Uh, And, and, um, you know, it it is one uh, definitely for the books in the sense of being cherry picked on bumper stickers and anything else you can slap it on. And so today we're going to talk about Jeremiah 29, 11. I actually have not preached a sermon on this. I've done a handful of Bible studies on it, but I refuse to use it in sermon. Uh, <laughs> then how can you call yourself a preacher if you haven't preached I on it yet? I know, I know. Uh, but it's because of this this whole reason here, <laughs> the whole reason we're doing this this series. Um, I want to I want to read to you just uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven in case you need a refresher or if you're not familiar with it at all. Uh, so here from the Old Testament. Uh, Book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for the welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. And (laughs) it is not set up. This is the time of year we hear this a lot. Or if there's uh, tragedy or some kind of uh, thing going on, uh, especially in our cultural context, but if not global context, this one, this one gets thrown out quite a bit. Uh, when people experience um, uh, death and, and things like that, this tends to be one of the responses we get. Just, just have hope. You know, God knows the plans that he has for you and everything will be okay. Just hang in there is, is kind of a thing. Or when we're nervous, like Matt said, going to college, uh, we throw it out there. Just, hey, hang in there. Go to school, do the thing. God's got you, right? And, and yet that's not at all what Jeremiah is getting at here. Um, in the full context of what's happening here, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah is a prophet, um, gosh, writing, writing to the exiles in Babylon. So, so there's just a lot there. We're 29 chapters deep into a prophet, which, you know, if you get that many as a prophet, it's, it's serious stuff, but, uh, you know, God's people have been exiled, they're in battle, they're fighting, they're doing these things, and they're kind of getting crushed. And if we if we back up a few verses, well, really just one, um, it starts with, for thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill uh, to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me uh, with all your heart, 
I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to this place which I have set, sent you into exile. And it's this bigger story of exile, of promised land, of, of God's people doing and not doing the things and feeling um, not heard or like they're not hearing God and kind of left out to wander as one would in exile. And, and so for me, taking it in, this is one of those verses that becomes a very nationalistic verse very quickly. And I don't want to harp on that too, too much for this podcast, but I hear it a lot in that context today for uh, purposes such as our country uses. But um, it's so much more than that. It's so, so much more than, oh, don't worry. Okay. Gotcha. It, it's a whole story about God's people being, being exiled, feeling lost and lonely and left out. And I think we take it way different places than that. What are your thoughts, Matt? Um, I, I for me, um, I've, I've used this. I remember, I mean, the times I've used it, you know, is to, to really hold into that firmness that God, God's got this and it's okay. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. I, I think the, 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 problem is is that we forget that there's some other verses you know verse 12 when you call me mm -hmm. and come and pray to me i will listen to you mm -hmm. when you search for me yes search for me with your whole heart you will find me that gets left out at yeah. least in the ones that i've heard or you know we don't put that in the bumper sticker a t-shirt or whatever a coffee mug or whatever else that's on and I think that, that we, that's where this whole idea of this whole scripture or this whole sermon series that we've been doing these last few weeks has come into play is that these verses, you know, the idea w was solid. The, the understanding was good. However, um, you know, um, we, we forget that there's more or there's more of a call to it than just the simplicity of it. And, and sometimes I think we do over try to simplify the scripture and saying, well, here's what it says, and this is what it means. And, and yes, but you have to do something for God to instill that plan for you. You have to come to God. I, th I think that that's something we forget. We talk about love all the time and we talk about being loving people, but if we don't receive that love that God has for us, then that love we're giving is nothing. Like it really is nothing. And so like, I do believe that that it is reciprocal. Like we have to go to God and God will come to us and God is always coming to us. And, and we have to, you know, there is that whole dynamic, but I think what gets lost in this, and I think about the people, how we talk about our futures. And I mean, like, I remember the very first time I used this was in a sermon. My very first sermon was that I knew that God was calling me to be a band director and calling me to serve the churches outside of the church in a way of being a band director and yada, 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 yada. But I'll never forget when those two little old women who greeted me at the end of the worship service said, I'm going to be a great preacher someday. And I'll never forget how angry and upset I was that I had laid out what my plan was going to be. And here were these two little old women telling me what my plan was going to be. Right. 
And I think sometimes that that's where this gets lost is that that plan that we talk about in the scripture becomes, it's our plan. It's not the plan. It's not the actual plan that God has for us. And because we really don't know, like, no matter how much we think we know that we really don't know. Right. Well, and, in, in you know, we talked about let go and let God theology early on in this thing. And this, this one kind of comes up in that as well, but it also, it's also that, that, we tell people this when we don't have anything else to say to them and, and we don't know what to say. And so scriptures like this, that, that sound great on the surface and, and can be well-meaning and comforting rather than saying nothing at all and just holding space for people. We throw this kind of stuff out there when they've lost a loved one or a child or, you know, if somebody significant to them of, or they've lost their job, oh, it's fine. God knows the plans for you, right? And and we use that God's plan for you in this bigger way, rather than living in the holy mystery and following the Holy Spirit and hearing that, we use it as a kind of a checkpoint to be like, oh, you're fine. You lost your job. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, God, God's got you. Yeah, but dang it, I just, I need to be mad and frustrated and go find a job right now, <laughs> right? I can't, there's so much that when this is used uh, harmfully, that it just wells up inside of people rather than bringing hope forward as as I pro- would imagine it's often intended for when we say things like this, but it, it causes harm in a way of yeah, but I'm not feeling hopeful right now. And this God's plan thing that you're talking about, not working for me, right? Uh, and, and it's less affirming for the, we all had the little old ladies in our life that affirm, you know, the things yeah. within us that, that we're feeling and thinking, but running from. Uh, and we're mad at them when they do it. But that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah, It's the affirmation piece. It's not the um, empty comfort, let go and let God nonsense that that's harmful, but it's the affirmation of, Hey, I I hear you unpacking your plan that God's calling you to be a band director, but I think there's more, I think there's more. Right. Uh, And that's, that's when this is used. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of what Jeremiah is getting here with the people. Hey, it's going to be silent. It's going to be quiet for a while. Um, But when you come, when you come to God, when you're ready to pray, when you're there, it's, it's like you said, it's that two-way relationship you know, grace is always there. God's always there with us. It's when we walk through the door into the house, right? If we're, if we're talking Wesley and means of grace. Are you teaching confirmation right now? <laughs> not at last week. <laughs> Although the house analogy is not my favorite, but it works, right? And, and, and I think that's what we see here is some, some stepping stones to that of God's present, God's here, whether you hear on the hear God or not, when we walk through the door, that's when we began to see these things. And, and yeah, so like, I started laughing uh, as you were reading it. Um, so I started laughing because I started, I started thinking about my future. <laughs> sure. And, uh, uh, you know, thinking about the announcement that I had to make last week. Is something changing uh, in your life? Uh, something is changing in my life. I have listened to the plans of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and she will give me hope for the future uh, as I have accepted an appointment in the Mountain Sky Annual Conference and will be appointed to First Gen Methodist Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. Hey, that's my conference. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're going to be fairly close to each other. We're going to be neighbors. <laughs> we will be neighbors. <laughs> that's exciting. I'm, make, 
I may have to move in with you, says the Lord. That's all right. Come on, baby. I got a camper. <laughs> well, that's um, the thing, right? There, it's scary. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I like it was funny you reading that. I was like, um, yeah, this is kind of funny thinking about what you know we've announced last week, and um, and I think that the the fun part of all this and the sense of being in a journey with God is that it's that reality of letting go and allowing God to be in control, but being attentive to where those opportunities, you know, uh, I always remember the anger that I had felt for those ladies who had said that I was going to be a great preacher, but I'm always real appreciative that that's, they laid that seed work in me that I could do this. And, and I think that that's the one thing we all forget that we are called to do. We are called to spread seeds. Right. And, and, and when you see things in people, you know, healthy, good things in people, you know, encourage them like this world, we do a good job of tearing people down. Oh yeah. You know, uh, social media has allowed people to be vicious in a way that is really unhealthy, but what if we used it for good? What if we used it to say, Hey, um, I notice you do these things, or I notice you are, you know, saying these things. Like, have you ever thought about doing this, or have you ever thought about this call in your life? And, you know, like, what would that look like if we operated that way? I mean, I think I think that would be helpful. Instead of looking for the negative, what if we looked for the positive? I think that's how we find hope because hope is trust. Um, I'm getting ready to preach um, after Easter. Um, NT writes on NT Wright's book, um, Hope for the Future. The hope book that he talks about mm-hmm. you know, for the future and all that stuff. It's a good read. And, you know, the thing I keep coming back to in some of the studies, looking at some of the word studies on hope is that really hope is uh, translated as trust. Mm-hmm. And do we trust in God? Do we have that trust in God that God is going to provide for us, that trust in God that God is going to take care of us when it's very rough. And, you know, I think about all the places that are in conflict, not just in Ukraine, but in, in Africa and on the border of Mexico and, um, you know, even in our own communities and, and those struggles and the people that are struggling like that, you know, how are they finding hope in the Lord when the world is just so vicious? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's the, um, when I think about this scripture, you know, if I were to boil down the scripture and think about it, how can I make it healthier? is asking ourselves the question, do we trust God enough to go where God calls us? And mm-hmm. in, in the part you left at verse 12, right? Come yeah. to me in prayer, right? Yeah. Come to me and listen. And that's the trust part. And, yeah. and I preached about trust last week and it, it, it's the same thing. It, we have to build it. It's relational, right? Um, sometimes we're too trusting and we get burned, uh, but sometimes we need that trust and we need, uh, to be in that space because to trust is to be vulnerable. Right. And, uh, cause there's always the risk of, of that trust being broken. But when we, when we build that relationship and we take that risk and, and we're vulnerable in those ways with God, we, we, we hear, <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we, we experience something different than when we're so guarded and cynical and skeptical uh, that we won't allow ourselves to hear, feel the spirit move, do all the things within us. Uh, maybe we hear that nudging, you know, but we, it's easy when we don't have trust to push it aside. Uh, and trust is a scary thing. And I, I mean, that's, if we look at this, that's what Jeremiah is getting at of, Hey, it, you're going to have to be vulnerable. Um, there's going to be some rough times, but no, but no, 
that if you can trust, trust in God and come, come back uh, and have that relationship and have that trust, we'll get through this together. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy this. I've enjoyed this podcast series because it, like I said, we're, we're trying to bring some health back. We're trying to bring some positive back. I mean, that's what we've done on the podcast for six years of trying to make positive space to have healthy conversations um, and model what that looks like. In, in the world of social media. All right. So, uh, so, so what you're saying there is you're going to eventually preach the scripture. One of these days, I'm sure I will. <laughs> uh, well, but it, I, it's, it's about reclaiming, right? And, and we all have trauma and we all have uh, things in scripture and in the church that have caused us harm. And yeah, we can absolutely run from that and ignore it and not reclaim it. But that's, I think that's what we're trying to do here is reclaim these things that have caused harm and trauma in the life of the church and the life of our communities and say, no, that, that was wrong. Let's own that and claim it. And let's bring hope back into what was written here. Well, well, and I think that that's where too, when we think about not just the scripture, but how we use those kind of scriptures uh, to prove a point that we have to right. be sensitive to the larger context and that when we do pull out, like, you know, uh, I'm preaching in this series on um, the marks of the Methodist. And there's a couple of times where in the book, he pulls out just a set of scripture, just like one set of scripture, you know, we did first Peter five, seven, a few weeks ago. Well, that was the same week I was preaching on that. And I found myself like going back onto what I, my notes were for the week and kind of just pulling back on my notes and going back to the larger context of fear and anxiety and, mm -hmm. and those things. And I think that that those are those things that we have to be aware of as preachers and as Bible, if you're teaching a Bible study, you know, like don't just be hung up on the one scripture, like mm -hmm. it's good. Okay. You can use it, please utilize it, but also know that there's comes more, there's more around it than just the one. And I think this is one of those scriptures that just got, has gotten so lost um, with that because of that hope that this scripture brings. I'm not saying, I mean, the other one that we kind of kicked around was Micah 6, 8. Micah 6, 8 the same way mm -hmm. and, and falls into some of the same traps, although it's a little bit more even killed, but I think we have to be aware of those things. Um, so that when we're preaching and teaching, we're not just stuck in those same spheres that we all have been in of, well, here's what it said, you know, th those things. I think just being aware of that and helping us be more aware of all that can really help us do some really good things with the scriptures. Well, that that's the difference in bumper sticker theology and a practice like Lectio Divina, praying the scriptures um, and, and being present in, in prayer in general and, and hearing, hearing and experiencing God in a way in the familiar, taking something that we know and we've heard and, and we've clung to, but hearing it again and, and being open to something new, right? When we just take a bumper sticker theology approach to it, well, these are the words that are on paper and this is the only thing that it can mean and uh, I will forever preach it this way and, and we've, already, we've already lost uh, yeah. or we've already missed the mark and, and um, broken trust, right? And so whether you're preaching it, whether you're listening to it, uh, listening to a sermon or reading scripture on your own, uh, do the work, right? Keep reading around it. And if you have a favorite scripture, 
great. Uh, take the paragraphs, you know, around it, take the scriptures around it and add to that and hear, uh, see if you hear something new, uh, see if something uh, speaks to you in a way in the familiar that you've heard over and over again. See if it speaks something new to you. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that that practice. I mean, that's my that's my sermon writing practice right there. Yeah, and I think that that's key is just to be able to do. Um, I think one of the problems with biblical illiteracy is we've not been willing to do the work, mm-hmm. um, and so we've set up we set ourselves up to um, not do that extra work that's necessary for Bible reading, and we just want to take it at face value, and we can't take we can't take it at face value anymore, people. Mm-hmm. We just can't. So much has changed in this world. So much, um, there's just so much to it that I think we really need to spend time in scriptures. Um, and I and I do. I mean, I, I think I've, I've done it more now in the last few years than I ever have because I've just taken that seriously mm-hmm. as someone who has seen it used in a in a not healthy way. Right. And I think that that's those are those things that we can take in consideration, no matter how we're engaged with the Bible, both individual and communal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think that's what, what we want to encourage you all to do. Um, take and read through Jeremiah chapter 29 or, you know, the handful that are around it. Uh, take into um, take into context what's going on. If you don't have a good cultural background study Bible or contextual Bible that gives you some of the notes uh, of what's going on in the day and age, get one. Uh, they're helpful in, and bring a lot of light to what's going on. Uh, and some of our favorite verses and some of the ones we don't like because they've been misused so much. But uh, I think that's our encouragement. Go do the yeah. work. And, and I think that that's, that's kind of where we lie is that to, to be able to do those things, you'll, you'll find um, mm-hmm. some healthiness in that. Um, and I think it's a good place to, to land for today. And so um, we want to encourage you to go to our website at beardedtheologians.com and check out of all our great content and um uh, and all that stuff that's there. And, you know, uh, feel free to connect with us through any of the social medias. We're pretty much on all of them, except for um, uh, the the one with the T. Uh, MySpace? No. We don't have uh, a top eight on MySpace? Uh, no. Twitter? Uh, we got oh, that. Tumblr. Tumblr. Uh, no, not the Tumblrs. The, uh, I don't know. The, the TikToks. Oh, the TikToks. Uh, I think yeah, we're, we're going to TikTok. I, I think uh, once we are within living distance of each other, we'll start just making our own TikToks okay. uh, to embarrass our, our embarrass our teenage daughters. I think uh, we might start a whole new bearded dad theologians TikTok page just for embarrassment of our daughters. Um, I think it's cute. You think they'll follow us. <laughs> I think it's cute that we think that they'll actually have a TikTok to be able to follow us, but that's a whole other joke. Oh, um, one. Oh, anyways. Uh, anyways, for parenting tips, uh, feel free to check out. <laughs> Never mind. We want to thank you for our listeners. Uh, and as we uh, end today, um, you know, feel free to connect with us. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video. And put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.